Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast for I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. This week's show is such an important show for you to listen to. It's a topic close to my heart and a topic that we don't speak about enough body image, in particular, men's body image. Now, this is the thing. We know that men can be very athletic. We know men go and play football. They might do cricket. They might play golf. They go to the gym. They're active. They're pumping iron. But what about when you don't do that? What about when you're comparing yourself to all the other men around you and thinking, oh, I'm a bit out of shape. Oh, I don't look like the way that everyone else looks. I've been on diet the whole of my life. It's all I've really ever known. I remember I used to go to the gym when I was 13 years old. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I went once a week. And obviously, that's not really going to do anything. But, you know, it was still five pounds a time. And then I went on a big weight loss journey. At my worst, I was 98.8 kilograms. I got it down to 81.2 kilograms over the period of about six years. I'm now 85 kilograms after going on holiday three months ago, and I can't lose that weight again. 81 kilograms my life didn't change. I still felt like the same person. My goal was 78 kilograms. And for me, if I could get to 78 kilograms, for me, that's what I see as utopia. That is what I see as happiness. That's what I see as the ideal weight. But it doesn't change me as a person. That I'm still the same person. It just means I'm a different weight. So I wanted to talk to someone on my podcast this week. And he's a true inspiration. Because get this, he lost 42 kilograms. I'm trying to celebrate. I lost six kilograms, let alone 42 kilograms. Joining me on Security Insecure this week, I'm delighted to welcome comedian and YouTuber who get this 1.95 million subscribers, Amin Mohammed, who you know is Chunks, with thanks to the Jim Group. Hello, Chunks. How you doing, my brother? You good? Oh, mate, I'm so excited to see you. Um, you look amazing. Can I just put that out first and foremost? It means a lot, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. So uh, we're going to talk about body image, we're going to talk about weight, but obviously to get there, we need to talk about you. So let's start with your relationship with food during your childhood, because that's where a lot of these problems stem from normally. I'm Somali, so coming from an African household, like uh, most of our food was just like heavily carb-based. So yeah, growing up, I, I just loved getting stuck in with some rice, some pasta, pancakes, just like some Somali traditional pancakes, and just those different type of foods that just were heavily carb and like corporate so for me yeah i just i was a big foodie growing up i've just been been on the chubby side from like six five and pictures i can remember so 
yeah, I was always bigger than everyone in my family. I don't know, I think it was just something I loved. <laughs> you know, it means eating food constantly. So that was just a thing of mine. And obviously being Somalian, big family, food is very important. It's a center, it's where you all get together. So you must have had so many, because I'm Jewish, so we have the Friday night dinners and for yourself, you must have had lots of just big palatas out there just to just go and eat, just go and eat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, it was a thing where like, dinner was prepped at like between five to seven and it would just be a big portion of either rice or set or pasta, like I said, and it's just, it's on the table. And once you finish, obviously now my brother, he was very slim, so he couldn't really eat too much. He wasn't really like a big foodie. So I'd probably finish his food if he, if he didn't want to eat his and also most of the time. So it's just the thing that I was always basically eating for more than one, you know what I mean? And I felt like my appetite was different to, to normal because I was eating much more than I should have. I know now if I was to check the macros and micros of what I was eating, it would have been crazy. You know what I mean? I was comfortably having between three to 5,000 calories. Oh, I don't even go there. I remember at school, I used to get packed lunch and my dad would give me a sandwich. It was always horrible. And I'd literally just eat crisps and chocolate as my lunch at school. And I thought that was normal. Yeah, no, I, I'm not I'm on the same wavelength where I get you completely. Well, I've got four other siblings that weren't big at all. So it was a kind of vibe of, I, it was me that I would, have my portion and then maybe sneak back in another one in the next 20, 20, 30 minutes or go back into the kitchen when everyone's kind of done and thinking, all right, we're still in the pot then, you know what I mean? And um, obviously they could have definitely <laughs> told me to, to stop, but I felt like they were just kind of like, yeah, cool, that's, if that's what he wants to do, you can do that. And my mum, to be fair, like I remember growing up, like I said, in my household, like you, my mum would hate if you get up um, from your plate and haven't finished it. So she would make like a big deal of it. So she hated throwing food in the bin. So, like, even if they were to give us a big portion, it was kind of like, you have to finish it. So, like, all right, cool, then let me just finish this whole thing. That I know I'm not meant to be eating. But growing up, I think my dad used to like, like his food quite a bit, but then he, he, he went on the gym wave, like, 10 years ago, and he's been fit, like, and proper looking good ever since. And then my mum hasn't got really much of an appetite anyway, so I feel like, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit different with them. It's really interesting what you said about finishing your plate because it's a mentality I still can't get rid of. If I have to finish my plate, but what I now do is I trick myself. So rather than having a big plate, I use small plates and I use bowls. And then I make sure that while I'm finishing the food, actually 90% of it's vegetables and also it's a smaller portion. And so therefore, naturally in my head, I think I've actually finished it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I know you're coming from now because obviously before I used to use the biggest plates possible. Yeah, um, that would pile that them on like Chinese buffet, just pile and pile and pile. Exactly. Like, when we're, obviously, when we're eating food back at home, there, there's obviously a little cupboard and you can decide what plate you want to get. And I'd always go for the biggest one. And I knew what plate it was. There's those times it was dirty and I'll clean it because I know that's, that's the plate to go to. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's things like that that I knew I was doing. I was just about my coping mechanism. I didn't really care to be fair. I was just, I was bored and I would eat. That's another thing, being bored and just eating. So it's a lot of our components as to why I was much bigger than I was meant to be. But also in, in childhood, it is naturally that instinct of, I'm going to go for the biggest thing. So I will go for that biggest plate because therefore I feel like I'm the king that I'm going to pile it and even more than all of you and I'm going to still finish it more than you. Yeah, uh, exactly that. So what was it? So you said you had about 3,000 calories a day. What in your childhood that you remember was like a typical meal or, you know, day's food um, intake that you had? Yeah, so um, on the weekend, it's like the weekend was the heavy eating days because obviously I was at home the whole day. Um, obviously going to school, I, I didn't really have, we didn't have much money, so I couldn't really buy much, but then, and I was free school more, so you know what I mean? Everyone was a limited time, a certain amount of food, but with uh, the weekends, 
like my mom would make us like some special pancakes, some Somali pancakes on, on in the morning. So like Saturday, Sunday, wake up at 11 a.m., have some pancakes. And then um, obviously whatever change we had left over, or I'd get money from my sisters or my brother. Um, there was a shock, like literally about 12, 10 second walk from my house. So that shock killed me basically because <laughs> I'd go there like every weekend and just maybe I'd, I'd, I'd get a crisp, a chocolate and a drink, um, go back home, play games on my laptop and then, if I finish that combo, I'll be back there within another hour and a half. Then boom, there's there's dinner coming about. That's probably going to be rice with chicken or pasta with chicken, and then like a big portion of that. And then now we'll come to like five six p.m. But I'll stay up till like stupid o'clock because it's the weekend. You know what I mean? So I've still got to fit in two more meals. So it was just kind of like not giving my body any time to burn these calories that I'm eating, and I was not active in the slightest. Um, I was in the beginning, like, I've been a, 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 from 10 to 15, I was quite active or 14, but then I stopped going to football because everyone in the area stopped coming out to play football because it, it became quite dangerous outside. So then, yeah, from like 15 to 20, it was kind of that same vibe, but without any training, you know what I mean? And that's where I kind of, the kilos packed on because I think I remember being in year 11, weighing in at 123 kilograms. Because my brother made a joke about the fact that I was one, two, three, and I still remember that clearly. Um, but yeah, so it was just it was just heavily eaten, bro, and not, and not being active in the slightest. It's so interesting you say that. You've just reminded me, and I think it's to do with you going to a shop. It's it's that essence of freedom when you're young, and actually, you know, having money, no matter how much it is, but having physical money and being able to go into a restaurant or a shop and giving it to the cashier and them accepting it, and in return you get a product, and you feel like an adult. I remember after school in like year seven, year eight, I used to get a McDonald's every day on my way home, burger, chips, and I'd sit in my bedroom and eat it, or it would be a sandwich or crisps and chocolate. And it effectively was a full meal. And then my mum would come home and give us dinner at like 7.38. And that was another meal. And then you'd go to bed and I'd just stay in bed the whole night watching TV. And then like you said, having a late night. And it's that mentality of the freedom, trying to be an adult. And you don't realize what's going on because at the time you're still quite skinny. And then over your metabolism changes, like you said, as you got a little bit older when you got 16, suddenly out of nowhere, you wake up and then the weight's just there. And you're like, what the hell's happened? What the hell do I do now? Mm. Yeah, no, exactly that. That's exactly what happened to be fair. But with me, I can't even lie. Like I'm, um, I've been noticeably bigger like since I think like 10. Yeah, 10, 11. Um, I think like for one to, one to 10, it was kind of like it was chubby, it was cute. You know what I mean? Like everyone was like, it's fine, it'll grow out of it because that's what everyone seems to do. But... For me, I just kind of packed it on, man. <laughs> I didn't stop. What was your relationship with girls at that time and friends at that time? Because being body conscious is one thing of yourself, but then I have always thought, oh, well, I'm too big. That's why I've never had a girlfriend. And I pull it out there like that. How did you, you know... Exactly the same. I was the guy that I'd, I'd want them to befriend. Like, I'd befriend because it's like, I knew... I don't know what my feelings hurt, so I'd be like, I wouldn't try... I'd like good girls in school, but I wouldn't try and talk to them or try and get to know them because in my head I'm like nah I'm not I'm not attractive I know they won't like me so let me just be that funny guy that they can you know what I mean talk to and become friends with and I feel like it was much easier for me to just be like that because there was no pressure of me now telling them how I feel because I wasn't going to get them anyway that's what I used to think you know what I mean so yeah my relationship with girls it was more of a friendship vibe it just became the norm to me obviously I had all my friends that were I had them the football team and the basketball team or table tennis playing like and they all just like fit but for me, it wasn't like, it was something I was used to. It wasn't like something I felt bad about, I felt sorry for myself. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, 
everyone plays their role. I'm the I'm the chubby guy that makes jokes. Uh, 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 exactly that. That I I literally well you know I couldn't make that many jokes. But I, again, the friendship side was that is exactly what I did, and it's that fear of rejection and. You, when you're comparing yourself to everyone else, thinking, well, that's the pop... Because we all had at school, we had the popular person, didn't we? In our year, we had the popular person and we had their little friends around them. And so we thought they were invincible. They look like that. I look like this. That's why they're with the queen of our year. And that's why I'm single still. And so you kind of put yourself in a category and kind of knew your place all the way through school without realising it. Yeah, exactly, exactly that, exactly that. Thankfully, like, I wasn't really bullied in the slightest in school. It was like everyone knew me as the... A funny, funny guy that was like cool with everyone because I could I could chat to everybody and so I was I was popular thankfully, and I didn't really enjoy no bullying. Thank God because I can't lie like I'm I've seen people in my year that were smaller than me but still big, and then they would get like taking the piss out. So I was kind of like, whoa, I'm lucky, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And how weird like, is that? Because then it actually shows that personality is more important than the way we look, and yet we still see looks as so important. Yeah, well, well, there you go, man. But then obviously it's a thing where in high school it's kind of like you're you're between the ages of 11 to 15, 11 to 16. So you're like, that's the grown up face where everyone, no one has, no one has empathy. <laughs> well, most people don't anyway. So it's kind of like, it's character building. I'll be honest. Um, I wouldn't change anything in the slightest because it's kind of like, that's where you formulate how you, your characteristics and that's how you become a, 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 you know what I mean, a person. So now, honestly, I, I loved. I loved school. I wouldn't change anything about it, even if my experience was to be a little bit different. A hundred percent. It's that idea of tinted glasses, that idea of nostalgia. We're going to come to your weight loss in a sec, but I just want to pick up on your mental health as a parallel to all this. Where were you mentally through this? So obviously, we had a bit of the rejection in the early years of school, but mentally, how did you look at yourself as you cruised through school and uni, and then just post uni? Looking looking back at it now, uh, high school. <laughs> The best I've ever felt ever, like mentally, definitely not physically, but mentally, I was in the best state ever. Like I was enjoying myself. Um, yeah. Then I came up to uni, and that was my first year, and that's when I kind of faltered a little bit because it was um, waking up every day to something I didn't want to do. So I did maths at uni, uh, but I only done it for one year, thankfully, because of the fact I hated it. But I was too scared to tell my parents I hated it because obviously my, my my dad basically carved each of our careers you know what i mean three of my sisters one of them psychiatrists one of them you know what i mean so it's like everyone does something that he wants them to do so when he told me i'm the mess guy i was kind of like i'm good at it but i hate it so yeah that whole first year is kind of when mentally i started to be like okay this is becoming an adult i'm starting to make decisions now i don't want to do this so yeah that's when i kind of thought at the beginning of youtube mentally i was at a great place because it was like something i started something i want to do then obviously the struggle of two years in not making a penny investing so much money into it and then ever since i've been doing well kind of just dipped and i don't know why i remember being in a, two and a half years ago being in a mansion with my friends living in there and still not being happy and then i feel like that was more of a religious religious vibe in terms of i wasn't i wasn't religious in the slightest thought i wasn't praying or nothing and that comes to my religion so when I now started to pray two years ago, yeah, I felt a much, a much better place, much better, like, to feel much better, you know what I mean, mentally. So, like, you know how some people will say their things, yoga or meditation or something, or spiritual or whatever, whatever they, they like. My, my vibe was more on, on the praying thing. So just praying five times a day. Yeah, man, feeling much better. I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but I'm going to, again, talk about personal experience. Because... You've gone big virally, you know, that was your thing, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, your following is incredible, you know, the stats I said at the beginning, the 1.95 million subscribers, 
do you see that as an online world, a safety net? Because I was always, when I grew up, I... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I used to always use... Uh, message boards and forums and those were like my friends because I was like a keyboard warrior I couldn't really speak to people in person I used to just hide behind the computer because then no one would know the real me and that whole thing of introvert extrovert and I'm like well I'm very extroverted but in life I seem to present myself as introvert even though everyone else sees me as extrovert whereas behind a computer I could just be myself no one needs to know how I look I don't need to worry about my body image there was that the same for you yeah, to be fair, with, with um, social media, like I said, obviously I was, was lacking confidence. So originally I wanted to start YouTube in 2012, but 2012 is when obviously I was much, much bigger. I had a big gap in my tooth. You know, I mean, I wasn't obviously happy with my image, so I was scared of the feedback because I knew that the internet was a harsh place. So 2012, I wanted to start, I didn't start until 2015. In 2015, I started because I kind of had to. I was like, I'm not doing uni anymore. I want to start a hobby. I could potentially turn it into a job and something that I enjoyed doing. So that's when I just went and started in 2015. So yeah, I was very worried because uh, I knew, you know, I said that, I know how hard and how harsh, sorry, uh, the internet is. That's it, it is very, very harsh. So what, so what was that defining moment for you when you went, okay, I'm going to lose the weight? Because saying it and doing it are two very different things. And also you can kind of start it and day one, you're on it, you're on it, you're on it. Then day two, and then day three, you just plateau, and then you just go, and then you go, oh, it's Saturday night, I'm going to go out for some chicken wings now. And then you're kind of like, oh, right. right we're about to yeah, so, um, I think it was January 2018, might be 2017 or 2018, one of them. Um, 
Uh, wait, 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 let me actually get this right. I think it was January 2018. I could check back though, because uh, I've got it on my on my Snapchat memories where I was like, New Year's, New Year resolution. Uh, I wanted to close my gap tooth. So I had a big gap in my tooth. And that's when I started to come around and tell a little bit of money. So I was like, I want to close my gap um, with Invisalign and I want to start a weight loss program in the same time. Um, so in 2018, me and my friends back in my area, like we're all gym or proper on gym, like there was four or five of us all started eating healthy. But obviously they weren't, they weren't really overweight. They just wanted to start for themselves. And I went along with them every day, working, working hard, working hard. And then some of my gaps closing, I'm starting to lose a lot of weight. So at that time I was like, about 148 kilograms and I remember I've got a notes wallet on my, on my on my phone and yeah like after five six months of, of training hard I went down to like 127 and I felt very good like that was the slimmest I've been in years so it started to work out for me but then in one month I ended up going to both to Canada and Dubai obviously in my head I was like I'm deserved to just eat what I want on these holidays but kind of lost my mind you know what I mean so um I came back and just gained like 12 kilograms in my head I was like this is holiday weight I didn't know about holiday weight and you can lose it pretty quickly if you, if you just go in the gym and run these like, run on the treadmill in my head I was thinking all this hard work done I obviously got a bit annoyed about that and then mentally started playing about, playing about with me and then March 1st 2019 yeah the worst thing that could happen which was move out and move away from my friends that I was heavily in the gym with into a house with my YouTube friends where they were all slim so they could eat what the hell they wanted and I just thought yeah you know what I've been there before eating what I want let me go back to it and then I just flipping went crazy and then by the end of 2019 I was like 150 kilograms and it's also very hard because when you're in your family home uh you know it's a big house you've got your kitchen downstairs you then go to your bedroom you're not really near it I mean I'm in a one bed flat and I'm talking to you now at my table. My kitchen is there. My sofa is there. And I can't help but pick. Oh, I'll just take another little pack up there. Take another pack. Oh, it's only 40 calories. But yeah, it's 40 calories now. But that's four times the 40 calories that I'm now having because I'm having four lots of it now. So I'm like, oh, I'll just have another packet. Yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. For me, it was like I wasn't really conscious in terms of calories or didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was food and I liked it. I didn't know how much calories something had. So I think, yeah, like I said, information failure was a big reason as to why I've just been big my whole life. So do you now use MyFitnessPal? Are you now tracking your macros, your micros, your calorie intake? No, so initially, obviously, like two years ago, when I had no, like, no one around me that knew what they were doing, it was kind of, yeah, just using that. And But then I, did, I knew I was tracking my macros and micros, but I didn't know how much I should be eating. And, you know what I mean? I just thought, all right, cool, my head, I usually eat about 3,000. If I just half that, then I'm going to, lose the weight quicker you know what i mean but then i didn't know about the amount of carbs i should have and the amount of fat the amount of uh, protein xyz so yeah thankfully this time when i started losing the weight i had my very good friend and still personal trainer now uh we have a session today so that's what we're going to get into in them but friend my friend kyle which um is a friend of a friend originally i got introduced by my, my good friend and um he's just been in the gym since june 16th 2020 man Wow. So what's your gym routine now? Like, if you talk to me for your gym routine, how does it go? So it depends if we're in camp, if we're training for something, if we're training for an event or... So I'd say, for example, soccer. Um, that was this September. Um, and we started in, at the end of May, May 31st. So 
May, May, June, July, August. No, so yeah, so May 31st, we started a, a training camp. And that was probably the worst three months of my life because um, I was at like, I think I was about 120 or 115. And I was like, yo, bro, I want to get to 100 by soccer aid. And I want to, um, yeah, just be fit on the, because you remember the last one I started at him, so I, I, looked, I, didn't look the way, I didn't like the way I looked. So it would be like heavily car cardio and hit training based. And then like, more more on the explosive type of uh, weight training, not necessarily just a, a bench press, but more of a pushing as much as we can and moving straight on to something else, pushing that and moving on to something else. So it was kind of like very, very intense and very, very tiring. So yeah, like when I'm in camp, it's much more intense, whereas when I'm just cruising through life, it wouldn't be nowhere near as hard, but it would still be difficult. And what are you weighing now? We're walking around at 100 kilograms now. Okay, and how do you feel about yourself now? How do you look at your body when you look in the mirror? How do you feel about mentally, physically, emotionally about the way you look? Uh, I love the way I look in clothes. Um, for me, because obviously, like I said, I've lost a lot of weight. Um, in the last three years, I've lost over 55 kilograms. So I've, I've been left with a lot of loose skin. And um, it's something that I don't think would affect me. But now that I'm happy, or well, I'm happier with how I look, in clothes, it's kind of like, you know, now I want to put a vest on or I want to put like a, be on the beach topless, but I can't because of the fact that I've got a lot of this fat here just drooping about and underneath my stomach a lot, just empty, empty skin. Like, so yeah, it, it was a vibe of like, it's funny because when I was over overweight, I was like, I don't care about the loose skin, I just want to get there. But now I'm here, I'm kind of like, now I'm being picky, you know what I mean? Now I'm like, you know, Obviously, because I worked hard enough here, I, I got I deserve to be picky, you know what I mean? But I feel like um I've got we just spoke about my new goals with my with my PT, and I think I want to lose like another 10 to 15, get to like 85, 86, and then maybe end up getting a surgery to just snip it up and tighten it up and see what happens, man. Just making sure it's all safe and yeah, I'm happy with what I'm doing. So is that the plan then to go to 85 kilograms and then have some surgery to take away that loose skin? Yeah, that's the vibe I'm on right now, and then maybe start to tone up and get like proper hench. You know what I mean? But that, that'll probably be another two year plan because I'm very happy with how I am now. But I, you know, I mean, I can always look better. And what about you? You just said that you hadn't been topless. Have you never been topless on a beach before, by a swimming pool before? Oh, by a swimming pool? Yeah, but hesitantly like I really didn't want to like it would be one of them ones where I kind of felt like everyone was watching me and it's like yeah you know what I mean and I tried to stay under the water as long as possible as soon as I get out there's a towel waiting for me on the actually as soon as you know how for example when the water goes there and stops like just after that point so my towel doesn't get wet I get that strip just cover myself and just kind of walk but that was more on the bible when I was like the 150s and 140s now, obviously, I'm still happy with my body, but I'm much more confident in terms of I just back my shirt off. I couldn't care less. Like, if I have to, I will. I have no problem. Like, so I go spa, I go to the spa a lot with my friends, and I have no problem just taking off my shirt because uh, it's like my battle scars, man. Fair enough. Obviously, I've got loose skin, but I'm happy with how I look, you know what I mean? Oh, I love a spa. I love a spa. Well, this is the interesting thing. I, if I'm on holiday, I'm very happy just walking everywhere topless. If I'm at the spa, I'm very happy walking around topless. But if I'm sunbathing, Let's say when it's hot in England and I'm sunbathing and I'm on some green area and I'm topless and then someone comes who I know, straight away that top goes on. I don't want people to see what I look like underneath. But if I don't know anyone and I'm absolutely fine with it. Yeah, I feel like it's different with me, obviously, being, being who I am. It's kind of like, I feel like everyone's going to notice me. Uh, and that's, that's, that's like a paranoia that comes with, with, the, with the fame. Um, so it's like, man, I'm like, oh, that person knows me because they're looking at me for too long. 
I can't be seen topless, you know what I mean? So I think for now, I'm, comf- I'm happily walking around now with a vest. So I can be like, if I'm outside my, my front yard and just grab playing basketball or something, I don't mind being in my vest and people will pass and kind of like take pictures. That's fine. But yeah, I think I'm still a little bit away from being completely topless, you know what I mean? So I'll, I'll get to it one day. So bringing it all together then, Chance, how do you look at yourself now when it comes to fame? Because... You know, you haven't got the paps like hounding you and being outside your door, but there must be that pressure to an extent of going, well, I'm in the public eye. If I go out and I'm not looking my best, they will still pat me, even though they know I've been on a weight loss journey. Or do you see it as they see you a bit of an inspiration? They're seeing it as, right, okay, he's lost the weight, good on him. We'll only pat them when it's something good to show, look how well he looks now. Uh, thankfully, like uh, when I'm in the public, it's mostly for the right reasons and like for for positive things. So uh, I'm not very worried about people catching me and like trying to do me wrong because I feel like I've got a whole big support base, like and family almost that are always in my corner regardless. And I really do appreciate my people because of that, and they know I do. So like anytime anyone tries to do something to me negatively, it's kind of like a bunch of comments just saying this guy is just trying to be positive, he's trying to enjoy himself and have fun. So. Like leave them alone, kind of vibe, and I, and I do see that, and I do appreciate it. But yeah, when I do see the negative stuff, I feel like um, I'm used to it now, man. Um, I can't be upset about having ninety percent of the time positive comments, but then when I'm about ten percent, I kind of just have to deal with it. It's, it's, you know how there's internet warriors, there's people behind their screens that I feel like they'll never be caught. Um, so they can just they're free to say what they want. But in person, I haven't really received a bad comment in my life. So in person, it's always mostly positive. So I can't I can't be upset, man. Uh, I just have to get used to it. Amazing. Final question for you, Chunks. What would your advice be to men out there who are struggling with their body image when, you know, they might be overweight or just they naturally just don't like the way they look? Because we always talk about female empowerment and female body image, but we never have this conversation about men's body image. And that's why I think it's so important that we're having this conversation today. Yeah, to be fair, bro, it's like uh, social media has affected a lot of these kids nowadays, old teenagers or young adults. And I feel like people feel like they need to look a certain way because there'll be women which obviously get surgery, which is absolutely fine because they want to feel confident. But then I feel like when I went there on their Instagrams and they're, they're showing how they look on the beach and no fat, uh, tattoo, hip dips and a big bum, you know what I mean, or whatever they're, they're, they're showing, which is fine because then they want to make them happy. But then I feel like the kids are very impressionable and they're going to feel like they need to look like that certain way because they'll see that that woman that's uploaded that picture has got millions of likes and loads of guys in the comments with eyes emojis. So they're like, you know, I want to, I want that. Cause you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, well, what do I have to do? I have to get a life threatening surgery that could potentially kill me, but I've got to look good. And I feel like priorities are a bit all over the place. Um, um, so like, thankfully with us growing up, like social media was, was brand new. So it was still figuring out what, 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 what was what, you know what I mean? But then I felt like now, the message has kind of been misconstrued because people are like, they need to look the same way. But I feel like generally, man, it's a, it's a big thing you should be happy about and everyone's got different journeys. And if you want to work to a certain goal, then work for it the same way I did. Obviously, I was in the gym. I was, I was killing myself five to, five to six days a week. You know what I mean? You don't have to, and, but also just to be happy, man, because I feel like the body you have at 25, when you look back at it when you're 50, you'll probably be like, why the hell was I so upset? And why was I so, you know what I mean? Like, insecure like i'll take that body in a heartbeat right now you know what i mean so just enjoy it enjoy enjoy life man enjoy your ride and don't get too overcritical about yourself
I'm so glad that Chunks has opened up that conversation because there is a very, very big gender difference when it comes to boys and girls with their use of social media. We know if you're a girl on social media and you put bikini pics up, it's likely you'll get hundreds and hundreds of likes. If a guy puts up a picture, it's not really like that because girls don't necessarily like boys' pictures, whereas girls like each other's girls' pictures. And obviously the boys like the girls' pictures, but it wouldn't be the same as your mates liking your picture. And there's also a conversation to be had about, as Chunk said, going to the gym. I remember there's a great story by a guy called Rabbi David Aaron in his book called Unplugged. And he said the whole idea of you could be going to a gym every single day and you build up that muscle. And then what happens when you're 80 years old? The muscle goes and your body is the exact same as everyone else's. Or you could grow your personality and be a nice person. And then that's what's going to save for life. I'm so glad that Trump's have opened up this conversation about male bodily image. It is so important. And I think everyone listening will have been affected by it in some shape or form at one time or another. Because we've all been body conscious, but we just don't speak about it enough. And I'm so grateful to Chunks for doing that for me today here on Skinny and Scope. You've been listening to Johnny Seifert on Skinny and Scope. If you like what you have, please do go and rate the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend and give it a five-star rating. Do listen to this episode and share it with a friend. Tag at Chunks and at Johnny Seifert and at Security and Secure Podcast on there. And let us know that you've listened. Let us know what you think of it. Because, again, it's that topic we're not speaking about. You've been listening to Security and Secure with me, Johnny Seifert. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.